whenever hunger pains in stomachs rumble, and insatiable cravings overtake the body and brain, whenever savory smells fill the air and tempt your taste buds, this is the time to feed your cravings, partaking of Disney's delectable, foodish delights. Welcome, foolish mortals, to the Lunchbox Ghost Podcast. We will quench your undying thirst and feed your hunger for all of the foodish morsels that Disney has to offer. If you weren't hungry before, you sure will be now. (laughs) Our show begins with your foodish host, the Lunchbox Ghost. Hello, foodish mortals, and welcome to the Lunchbox Ghost. Do you know what today is? No matter what your answer is, you'll never guess what today is. Because I didn't know until I called my good buddy, Tim Huddleston. And while we were on the phone, I asked him, Tim, do you know what July 29th is? And he said, yeah, it's my birthday. I'm going, you're kidding. But also, today is National Chicken Wing Day. But since today is Tim Huddleston's birthday, I invited him to be my guest on the show. So I want all of you to help me wish my good friend and wingman, Tim Huddleston, a happy birthday. Happy birthday, a great big to-do. Let's celebrate, yeah, celebrate you. So make a wish, make a wish on your special day. You're looking great, so great. Come celebrate. Happy Happy birthday from us to you. Oh, from the place, yes, from the place where dreams do come true. So here's a wish, wish. one, two, three, four, part harmony. Happy birthday, your special day, to you, yes, to you. Happy birthday, Tim. Well, thank you, Joel, and I love your little wingman thing there, so I'll try to be a good wingman. (laughs) Well, thank you. You always have been, and I know as long as we've known each other, I should have known that July 29th is your birthday. Yeah, you should have. And I would have realized it today, as I normally do at the last minute, but when I found out it was your birthday, I thought, well, in honor of you, I wanted to have you on my podcast today to talk about National Chicken Wing Day. I know you love chicken wings. Oh, I love them, and, and so it's it's kind of appropriate. But you know, on your birthday, you usually kind of know about things that go on on that day. And honestly, I had no idea it was National Wing Day either until you told me that. So I'm kind of honored to have been born on Wing Day. Well, now of course, I think you were probably born before National Chicken Wing <laughs> yeah, Day. I, I think I was born before chickens. <laughs> well, I don't know about that, but uh, which came first, the chicken or the egg? <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I, uh, I don't have an answer for you on that one, but no, nobody else does. So, you well, know. will you get back to me on it? I will. I'll get back to you on that. Well, Tim, I'm delighted to have you on the Lunchbox Ghost as my guest for your birthday. How about telling our listeners, all the foodish mortals out there, what are your Disney credentials? Well, I mean, look, that, first of all, that's my most favorite place on the planet. I love Walt Disney World. It's truly magical. I go all the way back, basically, to the beginning of the park. It opened, what, 71, I believe? October 1st, 1971. And and somewhere between that point and the completion of 
uh, Space Mountain. Now, do you remember when... That was in 1975. 1975. Okay, somewhere between 71 and 75, my mother took my brother and I to Walt Disney World. We spent a couple of days down there. This is back when they sold you a coupon book. You had these coupons of places you went to. And again, Space Mountain's not even open at that point, which was disappointing to me because I'm a, I'm a sort of a space person, as you know. That's my, my background. But... From that point on, I always said, I've got to go down there anytime I can. And it was a gap in time from that until I was able to really go on my own. I mean, actually, I'm an adult. I moved forward and I'm an adult. And I start doing a lot of work with NASA. I would spend a lot of time going to Cape Canaveral and to the Kennedy Space Center. Now, let me stop you there and, and tell the listeners, you're not just a space cadet. You you <laughs> right. you actually have a okay. role. Right, right, all right. So so I started in, in college. I started out to be an aerospace engineer, and I discovered that quickly that I'm not very good with calculus, and calculus is a language of engineering. So I ultimately changed my degree to public administration. But I was fortunate in that I got a job with the Air Force at Maxwell Air Force Base, Air University doing aerospace education training. Maxwell Air Force Base is the headquarters of the Civil Air Patrol, which is the official auxiliary of the Air Force. So got assigned to those guys, started teaching aerospace education for them, and ultimately became a wing director of aerospace education for them. So you're not only a chicken wing <laughs> oh, hey, you aficionado, there you but go. you are a wing director. Wing, wing. And the Air Force wing is a huge division. In the case of Civil Air Patrol, it was really state-based, so, so the Alabama wing. But yeah, see there, I'm qualified to talk about wings today. Talk about wings and I'm Disney. the wing director. <laughs> anyway, so ultimately I went to work for the governor's office. I worked for three different governors in Alabama. I was governor's aerospace policy advisor. Went to Washington, ran an aerospace association called the Aerospace Space Association. But because of that work, I'm doing a lot of work on the space side particularly. I'm working with NASA a lot. So that takes me to the Cape a lot. I did a lot of work down there. And it was my practice that every time I went down there, I carved out at least one day that I could go over to Walt Disney World. You know, with one day, you generally can't park hop too well, you know, because just the transportation time between parks will lead up a lot. But I mean, I would do that, but mostly I would choose a park, and that would be the park I would go to, and by and large, out to um, Epcot Center a lot. In fact, here's a little interesting thing. I served as a consultant on Mission Space, which is, you know, an attraction that's pretty popular in Epcot. The way that came about is that NASA, when I was doing this work with NASA, they were contacted by the Disney Corporation, somebody with Disney, and said, hey, we want you to come and help us build this mission to Mars. And we're going to call it Mission Space, but it's a mission about going to Mars. And so I was invited in on that team, and we worked the whole thing, the scenario, the mission, and it was great. So I was invited with the rest of the consultants that worked on the project to be one of the very first people to ever even get to ride the attraction. It was enjoyable. It was a lot of fun. It was fun working with the Disney folks. Now, why didn't I already know that? <laughs> you know, I don't know. I, I guess that's just a story I've never told you, but it's it was fun. It was a lot of uh, work, I'll say that, but it was well worth it. And, you know, Mission Space has been a very popular run, so I, I was proud to be a part of that. Well, and you certainly should be, and that is definitely something we're going to have to follow up with and talk about it another time. Sure, I'd love to. I want to hear more about it. I got some funny stories about it. For this episode, I guess, I'm just really kind of establishing the fact that, you know, if I can go to Disney World, I'm going to be at Disney World. And even if it's just a day or whatever, 
I've spent, of course, several days before at the Contemporary, at Coronado, uh, you know, other other places. But a lot of just day trips, and and I just love it. It's my most favorite place on the planet, as I said. And you know, by the way, I got to say this: my most favorite time to go is between Thanksgiving and Christmas because they they get the Christmas stuff up right away. But there's not a lot of people. I probably shouldn't tell this because it's my promote people to go. But there's not a lot of people going during that period of time, and you can go and do everything, experience the Christmas, you know, atmosphere and all the decorations. It's just amazing. So, oh yeah, I love it at Christmas time. Well, now, Tim, I know you said that you didn't realize today is National Chicken Wing Day, but again, what is more important today than it being your birthday? Well, I I would have to say chicken wings. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I don't know about that, but I do know that the modern-day concept of chicken wings. Now, of course, when I was growing up, I ate a lot of chicken wings, but they were fried just like the rest of the chicken was. So that's the way I knew chicken wings. But chicken wings are really known by a lot of different names. Chicken wings or hot wings or... Buffalo wings. Of course. You know, and, and, and that's the thing that I don't think a lot of people realize is that chicken wings are not a new thing. Uh, as you say, you know, they've always been around. I mean, I remember as a kid, uh, chicken wings, you know, was part of what you got at, at your grandmother's house or whatever once you fried chicken. But, you know, used to, that was the least desirable part of the bird. So you could go to somewhere like a, you know, um, Kentucky Fried Chicken and order, say, the three-piece meal. And they'd say, well, we're out of breast, so we can give you a couple extra thighs, a couple of extra drumsticks, or about... 4,000 wings, what would you like, you know? But it wasn't until that buffalo thing really changed the whole paradigm for wings. Well, that is true. And, of course, uh, as far as restaurants go now, you know, growing up, we certainly ate chicken wings at home. Right. But because you used every part of the chicken you possibly could. But in a restaurant, typically the wing was either thrown away or used as stock for soup. Right, right. Uh, It wasn't served on the menu. Yeah, when when we grew up, it was... Just like the pig, you know, you eat everything except the oink, you know. Well, yeah. You know, this is kind of the same thing with the chicken, you're right. That, that's true, that's true. So, uh, do you know the origin of the modern day buffalo wing? I just happen to know that. Of course you do. <laughs> yes, I do. Okay, so you may be right about National Chicken Wing Day came after I was born, since I was born in the 1800s, but, um, you know, it being my day, so, you know, I, I, I did a little research and studying up, and, and uh, I'd heard the story before about the Anchor Bar in Buffalo. And so what I understand from that is that Teresa, and I think her name is Bellissimo, she's the one that came up with it. From there, maybe you can fill it in. Well, there's really kind of three different versions of how it really happened. Uh, but Teresa Bellissimo and her husband Frank owned the Anchor Bar in Buffalo, New York. And one story has it that instead of getting chicken necks delivered to them, which they used for their spaghetti sauce in the restaurant, chicken wings were delivered to them. And she started to call the supplier back and and return the chicken wings, but her husband suggested that she go ahead and just use the chicken wings and try to come up with a dish for their menu. So she created the buffalo wing and put it on the menu as an appetizer. Now, another version of that story is that late one night, there were some customers in the restaurant, and they were Roman Catholic, and back in that day, it was a Friday, so they typically still ate fish on Friday, but 
After midnight, her husband suggested that she go ahead and prepare something for them as an appreciation for their uh, patronage to the restaurant. So she created the buffalo wing dish. Now another version of that story is that their son Dominic came home from college with some friends of his late one night and they were hungry so wanted something to eat. She went to the kitchen, found these chicken wings and made the dish. They loved them so she put them on the menu and within a week they were a hit. Yeah, it's that third version. That's the one that I'm familiar with and I've heard before. I mean, I guess everybody agrees the Anchor Bar in Buffalo is the origin of the Buffalo Wing, but you know, what story is actually accurate or not, you know, that's that's it's fascinating to realize that there's you know, just really that many different possibilities. But I go with I go with the Dominic story. I like that one best. Well, that one does sound better. But there is another story. Oh, there's this other guy by the name of John Young who insists that he actually created the chicken wing. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, but his were a little bit different. He grew up eating chicken wings just like we did as children. But he created a special mambo sauce for the wing. And he served them in his restaurant called John Young's Wings and Things back in the mid-1960s in Buffalo. But his wings were different because they were breaded, and he served them as whole wings instead of chopped into to flats and drums like the Bellissimos did. Well, see, that's the raging debates about wings is whether you're supposed to cut them up or have them whole, you know. So I can believe both stories are probably true, you know. Well, probably so. And, of course, wing aficionados really separate those into two separate categories. Well, because I again, would, I would agree with that. you know, you have the chicken wing like you find at a fried chicken restaurant, whereas the whole wing, such as the wing that John Young served, or you have what is better known as the hot wing or wings for short that you get in a sports bar, which are cut up into pieces like flats and drumettes. Right, and you throw away that little very end tip of the wing, you know. And the, the flapper. The flapper. There yeah, you go. That's okay. it, the flapper. So, there's also a controversy as to which way you, you eat them. Now, again, I grew up eating the wings breaded, and there are sometimes, I like a, a breaded wing with a sauce. Certain restaurants do that better than others, but typically the way I'm going to eat my wings is naked, and, and is that the way you eat your wings? Oh, no, I, I'm always wearing clothes when I eat my wings. <laughs> well, of course you are. <laughs> Why did I even ask you that Why, question? Yeah, I mean, come on. I thought this was a family show. <laughs> well, let's get beyond that. And let me tell you that the city of Buffalo has itself celebrated Chicken Wing Day every July 29th since 1977. And I know you're a little bit older than that, so you did yeah, come born, before the Chicken Wing. I was born in 62, so I guess I outdate the Chicken Wing, or at least the Chicken Wing Day. Yeah, exactly, the, the celebration of the Chicken right. Wing Day. So we have been celebrating, or your birthday has been celebrated since 1962. And Chicken Wing Day, which I'm not sure when National Chicken Wing Day began, but the city of Buffalo has celebrated Chicken Wing Day since 1977. Now, while most people outside of Buffalo actually call them buffalo wings, the locals in Buffalo simply refer to them as chicken wings. See, I didn't know that. I, I would assume they called them. Well, I guess being in Buffalo, you just think of it as a chicken wing. Yeah, because it's like French fries, I guess. <laughs> well, I, I, I guess so, which is a story for another day. Yeah, yeah, right. 
Now, you know someone's done a study. Oh, of course. There's going to be a study on chicken wings. Yes. And, and whoever did this study says that the average American will consume nearly 18,000 wings in his or her lifetime. Oh, my goodness. Now, I can't imagine <laughs> eating 18,000 wings. That's... But, well, I know some people can almost do it in one setting. But. Well, uh, yeah, you and I both. But uh, and, and I may be pretty far along my way of 18,000, yeah. but I'm not sure I'll ever reach 18,000. So do you know who holds the record for eating the most chicken wings ever? Oh, no. I have no clue. Well, it's not me. Oh, okay. And, well. and it never will be. Okay. But there's a professional eater by the name of Molly Shuler who is credited with holding the record for eating the most wings ever. And can you imagine how many she ate in a 30 minute period? So we're talking about how many wings she could eat in a 30 minute period. Take a guess. Oh my goodness, a uh, hundred. 501 chicken wings in 30 minutes. Holy smokes. Can you believe that? Yeah. So let's do the math. Oh, wait, wait a minute. Nobody told me about math on this show. I didn't study for anything like that. Well, the way I've calculated it, that's between 16 and 17 wings a minute. Wow. Now, that's unreal. it takes me a good minute to eat one wing. Well, you haven't seen me eat wings, but but, I, but still, I mean, I can be a little faster than that. But, gee, that is a lot of wings. You know, I can only remember eating chicken wings on one occasion, anywhere at Walt Disney World. Well, you know, in all the years I've gone to Disney World, until you mentioned this episode to me, I hadn't even thought about there being wings down there. And, and, and that blows my mind because, you know, I obviously love to eat, but I just, I'm, I didn't know that there were places you could get wings down there. Well, the only place that I remember eating chicken wings was at Yak and Yeti over the Animal Kingdom. And I remember they were amazing wings, but when I started doing my research for this episode, they're not on the menu anymore. Really? And there's only one place in the four major parks at Walt Disney World where I found chicken wings on the menu. And that is at the Magic Kingdom at Tony's Town Square Restaurant. Now. Right. Oh, yeah, I love Tony's Town Square. But they have a garlic parmesan wing, which is garlic rub chicken wings finished with parmesan, shaved parmesan. Now, I love my wings kind of dry. I don't know, a lot of people love them wet. Um, a lot of people love them with different flavors. A lot of people love them the, the traditional buffalo style with hot sauce. What about you? Well, I mean, first of all, I just love them period. So I can eat them any way they're served, but you know, my number one choice is I do like the buffalo style. I do like a hot wing. Now I think when when most people think about eating chicken wings or hot wings or buffalo wings or wings, however you term your wings, most people think about doing it in a, in a sports bar setting or a bar and, setting. And that's what comes to mind. And I know you and I typically eat wings whenever we're watching University of Alabama football. Yes, absolutely. Roll Tide. Roll Tide. That's, and Roll Tide and wings, they go together. That's true. And you know how superstitious I am. I never watch an Alabama game without wings. Yeah, I can believe that. So, and I know you've been here in my home several times uh, watching games, and we always order wings. It's been two or three Super Bowls we've watched together. Well, that's and true. And wings were a part of that. Yeah. That's true. That's wings and, and football just kind of go Hand in hand. Yeah, they go together. It is, it is. 
So as far as sports bar settings at Walt Disney World, the first places that come to mind are ESPN Club. Which makes sense, of course. <laughs> and I love that venue because it is a sports restaurant. Uh, and you can get wings, either a 10-piece or 18-piece. And you can team those wings up with your favorite sauce, whether it's hot, mild, barbecue, teriyaki, or garlic parmesan. You can get them any way you want. And then you can mix those flavors. I like to do that sometimes. Mix, yeah, a, mix a hot with a different flavor. See, I've done that, too. You know, it's, there are places you can go and get a sampler. And I don't know if we have that here, but, you know, that's, that's always good. And, and, of course, you've always got to have some celery stalks and uh, some dressing or something like ranch. Right, to kind of take the, the heat away. Take the heat away. Right, right. <laughs> Now, I've never been over to the ESPN Wide World of Sports Complex. Have you? I did one time, a long time ago, when they first opened. And it's, it's, it's really nice. I, of course, I'm a sports person, but it happened to be one of those trips that I've told you before that I would almost call them shotgun trips because I, I spent a lot of time going to the cake. And I would always try to inch out a little bit of time and go over to Disney World. On one of those trips, I got to go on a hurricane-type visit to the place. I didn't really get to spend much time there. Well, there is a sports grill over at the Wide World of Sports Complex, and it's known as ESPN Wide World of Sports Grill. And you can certainly get wings there. They're smoked, and they're tossed in a citrus barbecue sauce. Oh, that sounds great. Oh, yeah, it sounds good. Or you can get them in Buffalo Ranch. Yeah, of course. Yeah. <laughs> of course. And of course, Ranch. And, of course, they're going to be served with celery sticks, but also a side of potato barrels. Okay. That's interesting. So tell me what a potato barrel is. Oh, a potato barrel is Disney's version of a tater tot. And, oh. and get this. You can upgrade your potato barrels to the MVP for only $2 more. Okay, that's cool. MVP being a larger one. Well, MVP adding cheddar cheese sauce, ah. bacon bits, and sour cream with some scallions. That's what I would do if I'm going to get the wings over there. That, that, I mean, that actually sounds awesome. And I love some good smoked wings instead of fried. You know, there's another debate on how do you want your wings. Do you want them smoked like this? Do you want them fried? Do you want them baked? Yeah. In addition to breaded or naked. Of course, I like them grilled. I, you know, because I actually will buy, there's a little grocery store not far from where I live that uh, they specialize in selling packs of wings and I go and I buy wings about oh, once a month throw them on the grill and you know they're great so to me there's just about no way that you can cook a wing wrong. I tend to agree again when the the chicken wing became popular they were served as an appetizer which they still are yeah yeah or some people just ate them as a snack and you know I guess you should kind of associate that in, in your mind as it's a snack for a ball game like we talked about or a sporting event um, you don't ever think about them as being a an entree. Right. I mean, some people do get them for entrees. I do. But typically, you do think of them as a snack. So the, now, as far as the other resort restaurants, I love to resort hop. And if you're able to do that, there are several different places, several different resorts where you can get chicken wings. But also, there are several pool bars where you can get chicken wings. Now, there is a place over at Coronado Springs called Rick's Sports Bar and Grill. Rick's spelled R-I-X. And at Rick's Sports Bar and Grill, you can get your wings either bone-in or boneless. Again, another controversy another, or another debate. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, that's right. Now, I prefer 
my wings bone in. Because if they're boneless, to me, that's just a chicken nugget. I'm with you there, Art. But, you know, if you're going to eat your wings boneless, I tend to think they should be fried. Uh, I would agree with that. I think you're right about that, too. So, but in any event, at Rick's Sports Bar and Grill, you can get boneless wings, or you can certainly get them bone in. They're served in a serving of 10 with your choice of buffalo sauce, Asian sesame ginger, or barbecue. Oh, good, good choices. Now, there's another place there at Coronado Springs called Three Bridges Bar and Grill where you can get Szechuan peppercorn wings, and I love some peppercorn. Yeah, I'm with you on that, too. So how do they serve them? Well, they have a soy ginger sauce. Oh, okay, okay, that's good. Pool bar setting, to me, is a a perfect setting to get some chicken wings. You've been out in the pool, you're kind of hot, you get a little hungry, you don't necessarily want to go back to the room. You go to the pool bar and get some wings. So let's let's take a quick rundown of the different resorts where you can get wings, either at your pool bar or at one of the sit-down restaurants. Okay, and, yeah. and, of course, talking about sports bars, the All-Star Sports Resort in their end zone food court. Now, that's not their pool bar, and it's certainly not a sports bar. It's just their open food court, but you can get chicken wings, which are served in a number of nine, nine chicken wings, okay, that's tossed in your, your choice of sauces. And they have honey barbecue, buffalo, or Asian zing. Ooh, ooh, that That sounds good. Yeah, that sounds interesting. I like a little zing. Yeah, a little zing. That's right. And one reason I want to to just let folks know about the different places they can get hot wings, one, they may be staying at this particular resort, but every resort is themed differently. Now, I've never been to Martha's Vineyard. But the Beach Club Resort has a restaurant named Martha's Vineyard, and they have a buffalo-glazed wing. Again, that sounds like it would be your traditional buffalo wing. Yeah, it does. It does. Because glazing, I think, is, again, one of those different, how do you coat them? And, you know, is it baked on glaze? Is it just dipped or whatever? Yeah, I bet that would be good. Delicious. Now, I love jerk chicken. Okay. I love Caribbean food. Yeah, right. So at the Caribbean Beach Resort, at Banana Cabana, you can get jerk chicken wings that are served with pickled vegetable ribbons and cilantro lime sauce or cilantro lime crema. Oh, that's good. They sound delicious. And you can also get those at Sebastian's Bistro at Caribbean Beach. But they are served with a dark rum glaze, which sounds very interesting. Now at the Walt Disney World Dolphin, at their Cabana Bar and Beach Club, you can get chicken wings with your choice of buffalo or Korean glaze, a cilantro dipping sauce. That, that, would, be, that would be good. I, I like cilantro, so that would be good. Well, and if you like cilantro and you're not out by the pool, then you could go to Finn's, which is another restaurant at the Dolphin. Right for eight wings, and they're smoked chicken wings the way you like them, with a teriyaki glaze, and also the cilantro lime dipping sauce. Now, one of our favorite places to stay is Fort Wilderness. I love staying at the cabins because you can park your car right up at your door, get out and go in. You don't have to worry about valet service. You don't have to worry about parking in a parking lot and walking. But at Crockett's Tavern at Fort Wilderness, they serve chicken wings, and you can get them in your choice of buffalo, garlic parmesan, or honey barbecue sauce. We've also stayed at Port Orleans uh, at Riverside. And at Port Orleans Riverside, they have what they call their bayou wings. 
Cajuns now. I love some Cajun food. Oh, yes. And yes. Creole food. Right. I love the New Orleans foods that you can get. So the Bayou Wings have to be amazing. And they're served with crispy fried pickles and buttermilk ranch. Ooh, good stuff. Uh, I love some fried pickles. Oh, yes. It's been a while since we've stayed at the Polynesian. Yeah. But we used to stay at the Polynesian when the kids were little. It's right there. We loved getting a concierge level room and, and being able to see Cinderella Castle in the distance. And it was just convenient uh, being right there on the monorail loop and being able to catch a ferry over to the Magic Kingdom and come back during the middle of the day and take a nap or enjoy the pool. And one of our favorite places still to eat is Captain Cook's. You can get chicken wings at Captain Cook's, made to order with your favorite sauce. And at Kona Cafe, they have glazed chicken wings with a sticky wing sauce. Or at Oasis Bar and Grill, you can get black pepper Parmesan chicken wings. And again, you know I'm all about pepper. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Wow, that's amazing. Uh, all the different varieties here. And again, most people don't even think about getting chicken wings at Walt Disney World Resort. No, not at all. I mean, they have different selections in different places. So again, uh, the reason I'm going down this list of the resorts. At the Riviera Resort, there is a bar called Bar Riva. You can get grilled chicken wings. So not smoked, but grilled with roasted garlic and lemon herb butter sauce. At the Swan, out at their Splash Pool Bar and Grill, you can get crispy chicken wings. And I do love my wings crispy. I like them crispy as well. You know, again, I like them naked, but crispy is really good. I like them double dipped, double fried. Right, right. As a crispy wing, that's how I would rather have it. So they serve their crispy chicken wings with blue cheese dressing and celery with your choice of mild garlic or hot chipotle buffalo sauce. Wow, okay. So those are tasty. Now, I guess our all-time favorite, or at least my all-time favorite resort, is the Wilderness Lodge. Mine too, mine too. And there in their territory lounge, you can get crispy Asian chicken wings with a soy glaze, sesame, and green onion. Oh, okay. Tim, I know it's been a little while since you've been to Walt Disney World. Well, two years. Two years? Two years. Was Disney Springs actually open last time you went? Yes. Yes, it was. You know, for years went when it was downtown Disney, and then when it changed to Disney Springs. For some reason, I didn't get a chance to go okay. much. But then I, I did, on this last trip I went down two years ago, I was able to go to Disney Springs. Okay. So, as you know, Disney Springs is broken up into the sections, and of course, we usually go in, or most of the time, we go in through the west side, right, right there at the House of Blues. Yeah, right. So, we, we walk in that way, and then you get to the middle part, or the, the center of Disney Springs, where you have what's called the town center. And that's where I generally so that's where uh, Planet Hollywood is. Right. And then you also have the landing, the area there in the center that is now known as the landing. It used to be Pleasure Island. And they have a lot of concerts back in the day. I don't oh, know yeah. they still do. Yeah, uh, they just have all sorts of entertainment year-round there. And then, of course, you have the marketplace at the far end from West Side. So kind of like my last episode when I talked about Disney Springs being the hitting the mother load as far as hot dogs go. Yeah. Uh, kind of the same way with chicken wings. You have more, you have 63 restaurants at Disney Springs. 
So you have more opportunities for a bar setting or a restaurant where you can get chicken wings all in one location. So starting at West Side, you have City Works Eatery and Poor House. Poor being P-O-U-R. <laughs> okay, got it, got it, okay. <laughs> but they have smoked chicken wings, which you would like, which are grilled chili rubbed wings and drummies with barbecue sauce or a mustard barbecue sauce. My goodness, that sounds delicious. And also, again, one of my favorite venues is the House of Blues. Oh, yeah. I think everybody loves the House of Blues. And they have what's called their HOB wings or House of Blues wings. It's over a pound of wings, and you can choose your style, which is Texas barbecue, which would be a crispy onion cilantro with ranch dressing, which would be served with crispy onions, cilantro, and ranch dressing. Or you have Nashville style, served with dill pickle chips and blue cheese dressing. Or buffalo, served with slaw, shaved habanero, and blue cheese dressing. You know, this is the first time we've mentioned slaw uh, in relation to the wings. But, you know, I always like a good slaw with my wings. So this is probably one of my first stops. Okay. Well, that's good to know because I don't know that I have ever paired chicken wings with slaw. But that's, you know, one of the purposes for this show is to give information for folks that may not know where they could get what they really like. And I'm betting there's a lot of slaw fans like me out there (laughs) that they want slaw with their wings. And so now you can do it. You can get it there. Maybe so. So now, moving on to Town Center, and another one of my favorite stops is Planet Hollywood Observatory, which used to just be known as Planet Hollywood. But they've rethemed the outside. You know, it used to be, it used to just look like a big earth. Right, it did. Sure did. Now, it looks like an observatory. And they have twice-cooked buffalo wings which they take their chicken wings and they bake them and then they fry them. They fry them to perfection and they toss them in buffalo sauce and then they serve them with celery and carrots and blue cheese dressing. Now again, I like mine double fried, but if you bake them and then you fry them to perfection, that's hard to beat. No, that, that's awesome. That's, that's a good way. Now, another place that I am dying to try at Town Center is the Polite Pig, which is a barbecue restaurant. Okay, that may be new since I've been there. I haven't been able to, to eat there. Uh, we did go the last time I visited Disney Springs. It was open. It was, was crowded. And we were on our way somewhere else. So I really did not want to hurt myself by stopping there and eating and then going to wherever it was we had reservations. Right. But I am dying to go back there and you know a barbecue place you know i love barbecue oh yes and but most barbecue places don't offer wings you know i've never thought about that just like most barbecue places don't offer breakfast that's right i can't think of a better place to eat breakfast than at a barbecue place you know i have never even given that a thought but you are so right i can't name a place And, and i don't for the life of me i don't know why most barbecue places don't serve breakfast or wings I guess because they're concentrating on the other meats themselves. I guess so, but it seems like it would just be a natural fit. We've gone through this this long list of different places that serve wings, and a number of them had barbecue sauce as a part of the you know True. offering. But but like my barbecue because I really when I eat barbecue, I love to be able to taste the meat, the flavor of the meat oh, itself. Yes. So lots of times I eat my barbecue without sauce, and that's the way I am with my wings. 
I like my wings dry rubbed just so I can taste the flavor of the meat. And sometimes, I mean, I do like a good sauce or a good mixture of sauces. But at Polite Pig, you get them rubbed with Polite Rub. Oh, that's polite of it. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> polite Rub Chicken Wings is what they're called, and they're served with pickled carrots. Oh, wow. Pickled carrots. Now, let's move on over to the landing where, again, the landing area being what used to be Pleasure Island. And there's a place called the Edison. And you know as well as I do how Disney just loves to theme everything they can. Right, absolutely everything. So the Edison, of course, is designed as an electric power plant that supposedly opened in 1901. And do you know what else happened in 1901? What happened in 1901? What else? Walt Disney was born. Oh, that's right. Excellent. So again, there are hidden Easter eggs everywhere at Disney, but this electric power plant that opened in 1901 was later transformed into a restaurant in the time period of the Roaring Twenties. And it has just a very interesting atmosphere. And even after 10 o'clock at night, they have a dress code. And no one under 21 is allowed in. Oh, that's it. That's it. it is a very entertaining place. It is a tribute to the era, which was fueled with invention and imagination. They have several themed rooms. Their ceilings are 35 feet tall. Wow. So it is a very interesting place, and it is kind of a, a romantic place with kind of an old-world sophistication or charm. So it's definitely a place I want to go. I haven't been there, but they have a steady lineup of very unique entertainment. They have contortionists. Oh my they have a, a live cabaret. They have DJs playing music. So there's always something going on there. And again, after 10 o'clock, you have to check what their dress code is for that night. But they have what's called their grilled Edison wings, which are jumbo wings. Oh my goodness, jumbo wings. Tossed in sweet chili sauce. And I love a good sweet chili. It has a, a tang to it, a bite to it, but also jumbo wings. You know, again, there's another controversy, the size of the wings. Size of the wings, yeah, there you, there you go. Moving on to another great location, you know, I have, I'm Scotch-Irish, so I have a lot of Irish in my, my genealogy. Raglan Road Irish Pub and Restaurant. I love a good Irish pub. Oh, yes. I love Irish yes. food, but they have what's called their Nom Nom Wings. They're sweet and spicy, and they're tossed in a honey chili flake soy and ginger sauce. So I imagine they taste incredible. And of course, those are served at lunch and dinner, but I would recommend going at dinner. And the next time I go, I'm definitely going to go at dinner. One reason, because they have free live entertainment seven nights a week. So you can partake of live Irish music and dancing later in the day and later at night, but also because there's another appetizer on the menu at dinner. It's not offered at lunch, but the drunk muscles. Oh, so. Wow. I can't wait to go to Raglan Road Irish Pub and Restaurant to try their Nom Nom Wings and pair it with the Drunk Mussels, which is a half pound of fresh Blue Hill Bay Mussels in a Bloomsday Pale Ale, white wine, and garlic broth. Oh my goodness. That, oh, that's, that's incredible. <laughs> I would want to go right yeah, now. Yeah, right. Yeah, I was thinking, Wormy, let's go. <laughs> now, Tim, I don't know if you're a fan of the Indiana Jones movie oh, franchise the or whole, not. Oh, franchise, yes. Absolutely. I can remember. I was when 
Raiders of the Lost Ark came out. I was an intern in Congressman Bill Nichols' office in Washington, D.C. Yeah, you just dated yourself. <laughs> I know. <laughs> so I can remember going to watch that movie while I was living in the District of Columbia. And that night, I can remember having a nightmare with this huge boulder chasing me <laughs> down the hallway of the dorm of George Washington University. I wonder what caused that. <laughs> I know. But uh, that's just a, a funny tidbit from the Lunchbox Ghost. Great franchise. I actually I have a fedora at home to this day that I got when you know, the first Indiana Jones movie came out. I think everybody at some point either had or wanted one of those. Right. Well, now, if you're a fan of, of Indiana Jones and the movies, and particularly Raiders of the Lost Ark, you have to remember Jock Lindsay. Oh, yes. Yes, he was his pilot, pilot wasn't he? Yes, he was his pilot. Now, yeah. Jock Lindsay has opened Jock Lindsay's Hangar Bar. At Disney's Prince. No way, really? Yes, <laughs> That's great. he has. So while everyone remembers Jock Lindsay from that movie, you remember he had a pet snake? Yes, he did. Named Reggie. <laughs> I couldn't, I've forgotten the name, Reggie. That's right. I hate snakes. I do too. And I don't there's care only, what his name is. There's only five types of snakes I don't like. Big snakes, little snakes, live snakes, dead snakes, and pictures of snakes. <laughs> Same here. I hate snakes. But Jock only appeared in that one movie, Raiders of the Lost Ark. And he was only in that movie for about a minute. He was memorable. So what the Disney Imagineers have done with Jock Lindsay's Hangar Bar is create a whole new backstory for Jock Lindsay. So Jock Lindsay was a seasoned circus or stunt pilot performing in the Midwest of the United States at different air shows and aerial demonstrations, and he supposedly relocated to Venezuela after he had an accident, no, a flight-related tragedy. I did not know that. So, he enjoyed the adventure of flying the less frequented skies over South America and Central America. And what he did, he flew American businessmen who were in search of, of oil or, or other treasures. He flew surveyors who were charting new settlements in South America and Central America. And he also transported some explorers like Indiana Jones, so, and that's how they met. Yeah, so the real explorer pilot. Right, and they struck up a friendship, and they became globetrotters together. So how did he wind up at Disney Springs? Well, in 1938, the two were flying over the state of Florida in search for the Fountain of Youth. And Jock was attracted to the natural springs and the lush terrain of Disney Springs. So he later bought some waterfront property. And he settled down there in Disney Springs. And he piloted his seaplane across the Sunshine State. And he invited his fellow members of the Society of Explorers and Adventurers to pay him a visit. See, that's a great part of Right. So he built an airplane hangar, he built an air tower and a runway, and he invited his fellow members of the Society of Explorers and Adventurers, or CSEA, to pay him a visit. And this became his home base, so it soon became a, a popular stopover for and a popular watering hole for not only explorers, but locals alike. Uh, for them to, to tell their tall tales and, and to plan their next adventures. Now, Stokes and, and Rich and I went there for Stokes's bachelor party. Okay. And what we did, we enjoyed the chicken wings there. Their chicken wings that they offer are Club Obi-Wan chicken wings. <laughs> How clever. 
How clever. So, and they're served with a, a lime sour cream tossed in Shanghai barbecue sauce. So I say that I can only remember having chicken wings on one occasion, and that being Yak and Yeti, but actually we had the chicken wings on that occasion at Jock Lindsay's Hangar Bar. So, and I think when I referred to chicken wings, and I was referring to chicken wings in the park. Gotcha. Yeah, in one of the major... You know, because that's, that's, a, that's a good technicality. Dude, right. You know, is when are you in the park and when you're not, and a lot of people Right, right. But, of course, do you know the significance of Club Obi-Wan? I do not, actually. Well, now, Club Obi-Wan was a restaurant and nightclub that was featured in the second Indiana Jones movie. Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. And it was a nightclub in Shanghai, China. And, of course, the club's name is a reference to Obi-Wan Kenobi, which is a character from George Lucas's film Star Wars. Right, right, the character. So, we had some Club Obi-Wan chicken wings, and while we were eating the chicken wings and enjoying the ambiance of Jock Lindsay's hangar bar, I mean, it, it puts you in that theme of actually sitting in a hangar bar waiting for your flight or waiting for someone to come in to tell a tall tale or waiting for your next adventure and we did sit there and plan our next adventure which was going down to Splitsville and going bowling. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay, interesting adventure. That's what we did. But of course, uh, speaking of tall tales, I think it's important for our listeners to know that you are the member, founding member of a Liars Club. Oh, yes, yes. It's called the Monday Evening Liars Club. We meet every Friday evening in, in Gaston, Alabama at the old Havana Cigar Bar. That's right. Okay, so it is the Monday Evening... Monday Evening Liars Club. But you meet on Friday evenings. Right, yeah, we've never met on Mondays. Oh, well, why I call it the Monday <laughs> Evening? All right, because we have one of our members who just can never remember what night it is we meet. And he called me one Monday night and said, hey, where is everybody? And that's, look, it's Friday evening that we meet. So out of respect for him, and it is the Liars Club, we just renamed it the Monday Evening Liars Club meeting. Now, Tim, you, you and I have known each other a long time. And I know you are capable of telling some tall tales. Oh, not me. No, everything I tell is the truth. <laughs> well, now, it may be sprinkled with a little truth. A little truth in there, yeah. There's some seed of, of evidence in there. <laughs> well, I have enjoyed having you on this episode of The Lunchbox Ghost. Thank you for being my guest. Well, listen, this is amazing because when you told me this episode about chicken wings at Disney and as I say this is my most favorite place on the planet so me being such an aficionado of Disney not knowing that they didn't have wings and then thinking well when you said we're going to do an episode about wings I'm thinking okay fine there's three places in Disney maybe but we've just gone through a ton of places in a ton of varieties a person could actually just make a week it sounds like of going to just the places and get wings so I think it's just amazing i've enjoyed it every minute of this episode. well i think what we ought to do is we ought to meet at disney and try to finish eating our share of the eighteen thousand wings yeah, that every yeah. american yeah we're gonna need a little eats. help hey folks out there you know you need to join <laughs> us because that's a lot of wings to eat well again 
happy birthday. Thank uh, you. I hope you have a happy day. And instead of celebrating your birthday here in my studio in the future, let's try in the very near future to meet at Jock Lindsay's Hangar Bar and tell some tall tales. Oh, yes, absolutely. And, of course, you know, we're going to eat wings, right? Of course. <laughs> and, of course, we'll have to plan our next adventure. That's right. I'm, I'm with you because that's what you do there. <laughs> that's what it's for. <laughs> well, all right, again. Happy birthday, Tim. Thank you. Thank you for inviting me. I enjoyed this. And thank you, foolish mortals, for joining the Lunchbox Ghost. I hope you enjoyed this episode and will tune in again next time to see what the Lunchbox has for you. I am dying to have you. Ah, there you are. And just in time. There's a little matter I forgot to mention. Beware of lingering hunger for Disney's culinary cravings. <laughs> Hurry back. Hurry back. Be sure to bring your appetite. Make final arrangements now to join us next time for more foodish morsels. We're dying to have you. If you would like to join our jamboree, be sure to like, share, comment, and rate the Lunchbox Ghost on all of your favorite social media and podcast platforms. Hurry over as we would love your company. Now, if this episode has given you hunger pains, be on the lookout for our blog to discover more delectable delights. You've been listening to the Lunchbox Ghost Podcast, part of the Imagination Radio Network and a BRS production.